Hello, I'm Ria. And this is Tanya. And this is... Welcome to Ms. <laughs> Marvel Music. <laughs> Episode 6, when we're all back on together. Uh, <laughs> my... This is episode three. This is episode three, so we'll get it by episode six. Because yes. while I'm saying that, I've not introduced oh. our amazing guest yet. A somebody who I'm very excited to have on Andrew meet Tonya, um, the lovely Ada. Who, ah, oh, if you haven't listened to the indie comic spotlight we did with Tony and Ada, uh, it was absolutely amazing. So we did Saga, and it's obviously absolutely brilliant. And we talked about it for so long and we could have talked about it for even longer it was just such a wonderful chat so anyway I'm rambling this is all about you now Ada introduce yourself hello <laughs> uh I am so glad to be here um I I like talking about nerd shit um I'm no Miss Marvel expert and in fact my partner gave me a fabulous condensed history of the character um, about two days ago and was like, okay, remember all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've watched the three episodes uh, and my my mind is blown. I'm so excited to talk about them. Ah, (laughs) Right, right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm a poet, I do other things. Um, You can read about me on the internet if you're interested. But we're here to talk about Miss Marvel. Oh my God. Do you want to talk briefly about your thoughts of the first two episodes before we get into this one? I'd love to. Um, I watched the first two episodes on Tuesday night and the third one last night. So I had this sort of like beautiful, condensed, almost like movie experience of the first few episodes. And um, my my two, like the standout things for me are the, the way into animation is integrated into the story and like moving across the buildings yes. and the soundtrack those are probably my two my two favorite elements that just sort of pull me in and um I don't know if you are intro skipping folks like if you'll fast forward through the intro um but I had to watch the intro and the exit music every every episode for this one and I will continue to be doing that um and so yeah, episode. I just, I have so many thoughts about Bruno. I'm so curious, so many predictions about what's going to happen to him. Um, and I, I like the pacing of it. In the first two episodes, it's really a slice of life, kind of like a little bit of craziness, but this is what's happening, kind of the setup. And I feel like in, the, in last night's episode, we're finally kind of getting into it. Um, that sounds like a great segue into the synopsis. You want to tell us what happens in the episode? I'd love to. Um, (laughs) There is, to the backdrop of a Mendy and a wedding, some gin come and they're like, hey, you got this bangle, little lady. You want to help us out? And she's like, you want the bangle? And they're like, no, you got to do the right thing. But they really mean, yes, of course we want the bangle. Shenanigans ensue. Our hero narrowly escapes. And uh, do we do spoilers on this show? Yes, definitely. I really, want to, I really want to talk about that last moment where she gets the phone call and it's like, did you see the train? I saw the train. You have to come to India and bring your mom. And I'm like, how is she going to convince mom to travel with her when she can't even tell mom what's happening? Oh my goodness. Oh, and so... Bruno, Bruno, of course, is like, I'm going to Caltech in, in episode three. He's like, I have to. Um, so he's either going to become a villain or dead is my prediction. Um, and of course, cute new guy tries to save her. But his mom is like, no, 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 no. And um, I don't know. I'm really curious to see to see what, what evolves from the arrest. I'm like, how do you arrest Jin? Like, don't they just walk out? So there's my, there's my effort at a a synopsis. (laughs) I loved that so much. My favorite bits were your reactions to things as you were doing it. So you're like, no, 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 no. That was my favorite thing. (laughs) I can't keep it in. People can't see her face. (laughs) 
maybe I'll try and get some screenshots so we can <laughs> share that. No, 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 no. Make a little animation of it. <laughs> yeah. That was a that's a very good synopsis. I enjoyed that. Um, right, I I do want to get into it because I'm excited. And I enjoyed that after our second episode, somebody, we had some feedback saying that our enthusiasm for the shows made them really excited about it. So I think we're going to have a really great discussion. Ada's just adding to that. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of enthusiasm for the show, I thought we needed to talk about what was reported this week by Samba TV. Um, so they reported that the Ms. Marvel premiere had the lowest viewership in US households in its first five days compared to the other live action MCU shows. Exactly, thumbs down. Um, However, it attracted more viewers aged 20 to 24 uh, than any other previous MCU show. And the audience was more diverse. So there was a higher viewership amongst Black, Hispanic and Asian households. But, you know, obviously it's led to a discussion about why Ms. Marvel has currently for the premiere lower viewership than other mcu i have lots of thoughts on it but i would love to hear from the both of you before i start ranting away about racism um and people saying things things for kids and sexism yep and sexism uh so i'll i'll let one of you go first tonya you what what do you think of of the news that was reported this week so I didn't read the article, but I'm curious, did they mention anything about them having the show go up against Kenobi, which mm-hmm. is a very well-known character in an extensive universe that is well-established? Like, Why would they put this relatively unknown in comparison character out up against a powerhouse like that? I'm pretty sure that the, the biggest premiere or like one of the most watched shows was Loki. Well, that is an established character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe played by an A-list superstar. And they did so much press before it came out that I, a huge fan of both, was tired of seeing it. It was just, okay, I'm already going to watch. I don't need another promo. I don't want any spoilers. Please stop shoving him in my face. You know, well, I can't believe I would say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, let me have my personal space. I will watch. Whereas with this, it was much quieter. They did not push it as much. It, they kind of swept it under the carpet. Mm-hmm. like They weren't expecting anyone to watch it. And then they put it up against Kenobi, which just seems completely unfair. And then they try to say, oh, but the reason is she is a little brown girl of color and that just doesn't appeal to white men. I'm sorry, what? We're supposed to watch all of this stuff and identify with all of the Jack Reacher characters. and Oh, yes. Which we do because storytelling is supposed to transcend all of that. Right, right. So, 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 sorry, right. Okay. I was going to let you talk and I was going to let you talk. I'm going to shut up now and let's hear from Ada. So, but I do think, you know, Kenobi is a great example of that. You know, as you talked about an established universe, an established character, a white male character. We know there are more white male fans, middle-aged white male fans of Star Wars than there are probably other fans of Star Wars because it's not always been the most inclusive universe. I say this as somebody who absolutely loves Star Wars. However, I will say we have possibly the worst fandom. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, so what you can tell me is that white men can identify with space wizards and religion and all of this sort of stuff. And they sit and go, this is for me. This is about me. But they can't do that with other content because it's just not a white man with a sword. And I'm like, what, do all men think they're bloody John Wick? Do they watch John Wick and go, I watch this because I identify with that. I identify with John Wick. No. (laughs) Well, first of all, great point. But also like, and, and that's why I hate this argument. And there are so many comments online saying, from people saying, and I actually like where where this is going saying I didn't think it was for me and then I watched Kenobi and I thought oh I'll just put this other new show on and I loved it and and you know it's it's the assumption that audiences won't watch something because it's about a brown Pakistani Muslim girl 
It's so annoying. I mean, and there are audiences who won't do that because racism. Ah! But also, I think they're not, they haven't given this show a chance. And I mean, the creators, I think Disney purposely, they've put it on, unlike any other MCU show, when Kenobi's on. And they've done that for a reason. And they didn't do that to any other show. Yeah. Not even mm-hmm. WandaVision, you know? Right. Loads of men watched that. Loads of people watched that. Right. You know? And it's feeding into that casual racism of it's okay to disregard something because they're different from you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ada. I haven't heard from Ada. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I don't, I don't know that I have a ton to add to that apt analysis. Um, I loved what you were saying, Tanya, about how storytelling is supposed to transcend all of that. And yet it's almost hard to focus on the pure storytelling because it's hard to tease that out of the politic of when it's aired what it's aired up against Mm -hmm. um and I think that's kind of it's bullshit obviously um but I I I had sort of a hard time finding when we were first going to do when we you first invited me to do this for you I was like oh let me do some research and I like it wasn't easy, it wasn't super easy to find, but then I logged on to the Disney channel and I watched this really gorgeous like um, preview documentary that interviewed the cast and characters. And I don't, I don't usually watch those, but I was just struck by how wonderful it was. And of course I immediately went um, and followed all of the social media and have been kind of immersing myself in that uh, a little bit and I had no idea that that it was up against any that it was up against Kenobi or kind of what was happening because I was very sort of focused in on this little mm. little universe um, which I think is maybe one of the gifts of this streaming world that we live in that I that I can do that mm. um, but I, I don't know I storytelling is supposed to transcend all of that and yet it can't and doesn't because of the world that we live in yeah and that is very true I also think it's it's very clearly aimed at a young a younger audience right it's a show that's aimed at a younger audience and it suffers from something that annoys me so I love young adult fiction I think it's fantastic I often think it's more inventive and well thought out than most adult fiction and it explores so many different ideas around every issue there is in the world but people dismiss it because it's YA um and I feel the same thing has happened with this show sorry what is Spider-Man exactly right right but he's 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 a white man isn't he but he is also very very well established has new superpowers dealing with his family and going through high school how can you identify with that but you can't identify if you just change the gender and the color yeah i know let's try not to be angry i'm gonna try my best but i i also kind of think we're not angry ria we're just disappointed (laughs) i also think it's I think the reporting of it is interesting. I don't remember there being any other reporting about the MCU live action shows that were like this, that were, oh, it's not had as many viewerships. There probably was, but I'm probably not as attuned to it because, uh, you know, I'm obsessed with this show. Uh, I could rewatch the episodes every single day. um, Those characters are in the movies. Yeah, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, established characters in the movies. These people are already well-established. Then we have Hawkeye, same thing. This is the first time they have someone going in who has not already been in the MCU. It's an underknown, like a a lesser-known character, not already established in the MCU. Of course it's going to have a smaller viewership to start because nobody knows who she is yet. So why report about it? What is... What is the reason for reporting that it's smaller? It should be expected that it would be smaller. And the reporting should be the celebration about how there's a higher viewership between younger people and and ethnic minorities. That should be it. You know, the story should be a celebration. This this show is critically and fan rated. It's like through the freaking roof, apart from review bombs from racists, Um, you know, 
and it and that's what has irritated me about it as well so the discourse is about is it as good as other as other MCU shows it is it's better than all of them in my opinion personal opinion so and and I don't like that I don't like that reporting's been taken in a negative way I really think there's so much to celebrate about this and I think that just shows inherent sexism and racism the fact that the reporting itself is negative should we talk about fun stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's off my chest but I I think I just think we needed to talk about it as well and address it because I can see how excited we are all about the show and this episode um I don't I don't even know where to start talking about this episode I just my initial reaction to it is I watched it and I thought oh, it's not as good as the the other two episodes but I like where it's going because I loved the first two episodes as in like proper watch them straight away watch them before recording would probably go back and watch them after this if I could um, <laughs> um but actually I thought it worked really well in in talking about the history uh of Kamala and her family I thought it was an absolutely joyful episode in general the the sort of backdrop which isn't the right word of of the Desi wedding was just extraordinary I think we should talk about that whole thing in a bit but I think that was just I don't think we see celebrations like that on TV. I would really like to end on the positive. So maybe we should yeah. talk about some of the problems of this episode. Because you said you liked it less than the others. And I did as well. Because there were some major issues. There were some wonderful aspects. But they had some major storytelling issues. That kind of disregarded some of the setup they had in the first two episodes. So, Do you want to crack on with those? <laughs> did you have any issues with the episode, Ana? A little bit in that it didn't it didn't get me as much as the first two and I felt like there were things that that had been set up for that were either ignored or glossed over or kind of just sort of uh what's a good example um I guess I guess I felt like it was trying to do a lot very quickly and I wonder if some of the maybe depth and specificity of storytelling got lost in this effort to kind of hype up what's to come mm-hmm. and sort of get all of all of the uh, bits out there that they kind of want out there to set up for what's to come. I I don't know. I wanted more time in some of the felt there were some really like juicy moments that were starting to develop and then we were pulled right out of them and kind of moved along to the next thing um yeah I'll I'll pause there for the moment okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think you can tell it's the middle episode of a six show run and they've suddenly gone we've spent a lot of time world building which is all the stuff that I loved and being slow and looking at the relationships and making well-rounded characters oh we need to move it on a bit because it's a really limited run so I felt the pacing was was off and that's not what worked Mm. for me you know the in the last episode we talked about how much I absolutely love Naki and I thought she had some wonderful bits in this episode but there could have been so many more hard and heartfelt built beats with between her and Kamala and I felt that was I wanted to see her win you know I didn't Mm. want to just be an after the fact mention I feel like they robbed her character of one of her wins like one of her moments yeah absolutely and it's just those things that I felt were missing a bit from this episode for me it was far more the issue of her parents like I one of the things I loved about the show is that they got away from this the comic book trope of the reason this teenager can do all these super powered amazing things is because her parents are negligent it makes it easy for these things to happen but they establish in the first episode that they're not they are paying attention they are very much involved she sneaks out and then her mom's sitting right there in her room but now we're expected to believe that all this chaos happened first when she saved the kid falling out of the window. Then, you know, 
the government basically to them shows up because they don't know who they are. They don't know who's chasing them show up and their daughter just disappears from this event at the mosque. Like she just disappears. Huh? And, and it's like, Oh, cool. Tell us if you want to daughter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Bruno says she's been gone for eight hours and her parents didn't notice this. Yeah. Not buying that. And then there's this whole incident at the wedding where the fire alarm goes off. All of this emergency is, is happening and they're just outside. Hmm. I wonder where our daughter is. I'm not going to go inside and check. And then they show them later. They just went home without ever seeing their daughter leave the building. When the fire department showed up, they just went home. No and they're awfully calm home. when she gets there. I would right. be it losing just, my absolute mind. Wouldn't you be breaking down windows trying to get inside of that building? Not, oh, let me ask her friend. And then he just leaves. What? And they don't question him again? No, we're calling her. We're calling her friends. We are not stopping until we find her. And they set that up in the first episode that Mm. they are that involved. And here they're just, "Hmm, I'm sure she's fine. (laughs) I thought there was going to be a reveal that her mum knew. I thought, because they pause on her parents and her mum has a look on her face. Right. Like she is acting the shit out of that scene. And she has a look on her face. I think she know I, I Jane was like, she knows she's gonna go back, or you know, she's gonna say to, to her dad, it's happened, it's happened to Kamala. We need to right. help her. We need to, you know, she needs saving. I genuinely thought that's gonna happen. Then it didn't. I was like, what? And then at the end, yeah, because one of the things I love about the show is 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 you know that she's got the she's got the classic Spider-Man trope of she can't tell people. But I thought they were going to change that at the end. I thought she was going to go, she was going to tell her family. They're all stood. I mean, right. I do think it's ridiculous that they left without her, but you know they're all there waiting for her. I was like, this is the moment, and it would be so unusual for a show to do that to bring the wide her wider community into her identity, into her superpowers to help her you know achieve what she needs to I thought I thought oh my god this is going to be it's going to subvert everything it's going to be amazing yeah, and they didn't do it so annoyed that moment was the biggest letdown for me in the whole episode mm. it was disappointing because there was that there was that moment of tension that build up when mom is like you can tell us anything pause <laughs> nope and then <gasps> she just lets her go just okay then she just goes up to bed it's like oh you need better you do need better control of your teenage daughter and you've shown us you're supposed to have better control of your teenage daughter than that yeah yeah i'm sorry you you accused her of setting the fire alarm at her brother's wedding Mm -hmm. you're just gonna let her walk away and everyone's okay with this like no (laughs) and her brother doesn't have shit to say about it her brother who's in, in the coming episode so far has had so much to say about everything has nothing to say so annoying I, I'm pleased that we're all annoyed by the same thing and I think especially because they establish it early in the episode right. when she's in the I think she's in the bathroom with her mum isn't she and she's talking which I teared up at I was I felt so emotional I mean I am a bit emotionally unstable at the moment she's um, on the floor taking care of her knee yeah like, that (laughs) (laughs) and I thought it's such a beautiful moment I was like and it's building up to Kamala telling her um and receiving that support from her and then they hit it again with her dad telling her brother before the wedding and so and then and also with um uh what there's the moment oh god I'm gonna forget where it it's it's not the something about being good it's not about yeah yeah yeah, I'm butchering it, aren't oh, I? But you know what I'm talking I about. Think it was the Iman saying that it's not about being good, it's about doing good. That's it. Thank you. I couldn't remember what he said. But, you know, so they're hitting all those beats. And I'm like, great, it's building up to this, building up to it. Great. Her family's going to know. They're going to support her. Naki's going to find out. And she does, which is fantastic. Good. She's got this amazing network. They'll all work together because this show's about community and family. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Oh, and she just no. saw how much it hurt Nakia that she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just do it again to my family like it just didn't make any sense I don't want to be annoyed at the show because I think it's amazing <laughs> well, no, so it's perfect, though, and we have to be fair that is true are there any but other things the <laughs> <laughs> are there any other things that didn't work for you in this episode oh the fighting 
I thought that the fighting was a bit unrealistic because these people have been fighting for over a century and she just learned her powers. And what's with this like 17 year old guy who can suddenly kick ass? Like, I really, I feel like there's some backstory and some character development that was really, really, really missing. Are you talking about Cameron? Yeah. Is Cameron her son? Like, how does he get this super fighting powers for 17? Like, maybe he'll, he doesn't have superpowers. She said that. Maybe one day he will. But he can I would just, expect like, that he would be trained by these people. If he's lived with them, I'm sure he's been trained. That was not unrealistic to me. What was unrealistic is these, the djinn coming in and just, oh, we are so badass that we're going to fight slowly and one at a time, you know? <laughs> And she always just like managed to get away. I did love the fist scene though. And she's like, boom, because it's Bruno and that's her boy, you know? <laughs> and then she's like, hey, I can just smack all of them with one fist. <laughs> that was the best moment right there. <laughs> I liked two things I liked about the fight scene is I liked their sort of trinket weapons. I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, that's quite a nice, cool concept. I hope comes into something later that to be mm. one of the nor, it's sort of like you have an, a, a, a trinket weapon. I can't think of what it would be called other than that. I thought that was quite nice because even Cam- Cameron has one, doesn't he? He like yeah, it was like an artifact. Yeah. Artifact, yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, I liked that. But I, I also liked. I felt like the whole scene in the kitchen was just Jurassic Park, and it's one of yes. my time favorite films. I and I was said like, it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm in for this like I don't care that it's a Jurassic Park ripoff I'm 100% here for it the tension build throughout that scene was really 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 effective for me mm-hmm. I was very in it yeah and you're right the, the tension build for that was really good which is why it makes it a shame where the fighting either end doesn't go anywhere and I sort of refuse to believe that if you were in like a big community wedding that these people walked in being quite threatening that you wouldn't immediately somebody else didn't call the police like it was Nakia who right. thought of it like I'd be like I'm sorry you seem to have just like gate crashed this wedding and being really violent <laughs> like why does it take another 16 17 so let's years? wait outside while our daughter is missing I hope nothing bad is happening <laughs> <laughs> also I'm really I would have thought that like maybe her parents would recognize these people or there'd be some like, mm. isn't there some familial connection with her? Gr- maybe, I don't know. I There's some They implied that in the second episode, but they cleared that up in this one. That, no, she just knew her great grandmother, but she isn't her great grandmother. So it wouldn't make sense that her family would know that her, that her mom would know this woman because. No, because she would have been out of their lives long before. That yeah because yeah you, yeah yeah that's right yeah because the great because the story is that the great grandmother went missing during the partition isn't it right but, but the but the nanny got on the train I'm trying to remember back a whole week ago which is quite difficult so yeah so they <laughs> wouldn't so they wouldn't know you, yeah you are right yeah okay let's talk about the stuff the good stuff the stuff you want to talk about who just thinks the wedding all of the wedding stuff was like the best thing they've ever seen. Usually that stuff feels so gratuitous. It didn't, it felt just like a wonderful, loving celebration. I liked the dancing. It made me like Bruno even more that he took the time to learn how to do this. Like, are her parents not worried? Like, obviously he is leading up to just be her guy. Are they not concerned? No, they're welcoming him into the family. They love him. And she is oblivious, which is, actually realistic for a teenage girl. <laughs> and the colors, I don't know, it's just beautiful. The whole thing is beautiful and touching and I enjoyed watching it. And I think that I would much rather watch that than some of the the stuff that we just complained about. Mm. Just for more the- wedding, less one at a time fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's so unusual that we see a celebration of Muslim or Pakistani culture in this sort of way you know I, I was literally reading earlier today an article from from Muslim writers saying you know we're all we're all seen as terrorists and we're trying to change that perception of us or you know it's all about um I'm not particularly keen on the term but it's all about honor ki- killings because there's no honor in 
in those sort of murders, you know, and they're saying we're trying to change that narrative because that's not what our culture is about. And I love that this show doesn't shy away from the joyousness of another culture. Um, and I think that's so special and they embrace it and we get to see it and we get to be a part of it. I love the way the wedding was filmed. I felt like I was there. I felt like I was watching them dance. I felt like, you know, I could see all these vivid colours and I, you know, and I was I was overhearing the Illumina aunties. I can't say it. I find it so hard. I, every time somebody says it in the show, I'm like, oh, my God, you're all so talented because I find it incredibly difficult. You know, I, and I and I thought that was so special. And I just and I I can't think of an instance where I've seen that in a mainstream TV show. No, I can't either. I was nodding there, everyone. For <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, so I loved the whole wedding stuff. I I really enjoyed Bruno in this episode. I didn't like him as much in episode two, but I think he's really come into his own in this episode. And I I just adored him, and I loved that you know he was there for her the whole way through. That he told her about Caltech. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he was he was brave enough to do that, and he went back for that. Like you said, the dancing, I love that he's just involved, and I think that he, he wasn't. Like, he didn't have this look like he was awkward about it. No. He didn't feel so conscious. It's like I am part of this. I am celebrating with them. I love these people like they're my family. It was it gave him real heart in this episode. Yes. Which I loved. Sorry, and my favorite that. thing that he did in this episode is when she has to make the decision whether to help and she's talking to him about it, he says, it's probably better that it's you and not Carol Danvers. Mm. Because in his eyes, she is better than Carol Danvers, which I Mm. agree completely, but most don't, you know? (laughs) I'm not a fan. (laughs) But But I do like, I do like Ms. Marvel. I'm just not a Captain Marvel fan. But it's so sweet that in his eyes, forget about this superhero girl you are the one and it's not about her powers it's about her personality that he sees her as just better all around that just made me fall for him you have to talk Ada you can't just (laughs) you're really Tanya you're making such a good case for Bruno it's really it's really swaying my heart because I initially I was like not a fan not a fan I was like you're going to turn into a villain or you're going to die. You're kind of whiny. This was, was my take on Bruno. He's but Parker without the superpowers because he's brilliant and he's nerdy. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. But the wedding, the way that he's part of the family and there, it's just, it's beautiful. And I don't know. I was, I was endeared to him in this episode against my, against my, like desire to be annoyed with him and you're really sealing the deal for me um (laughs) Um, but I yeah I I think it's he's such a good contrast to um Kamala's character as sort of bolstering but also challenging her um which we don't always see in like the sidekick character Mm -hmm. um which I I love and I I want more Nakia Oh, I love her so yes. much. Yes. I love her. And I just think she's such an interesting character. And I think she's played so well. I think she's extraordinary. And I that scene that one of you touched on when she finds out and her face, and she's absolutely heartbroken. And she's, you know, but she just gets on with it. And she's like, okay, well, I have to help Bruno. Because priorities, right? Mm. But you can still see she's hurting. And she has a right to that pain because you told her you could tell you anything. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. And this was after all of that was happening. And she didn't tell And yet you. she's like, I'm still your friend. I'm still going to take care of you. But mm-hmm. I'm disappointed right now. Oh my god! I wish we had a screenshot of that face as well. I'd be like, anytime I'm disappointed in anybody, I'm just gonna send them that. So I'm just <laughs> right now, because that was terrifying. To be honest, <laughs> I felt like you were disappointed in me, and I don't think I've done anything wrong. <laughs> what else did you did you both love? Or I liked the history. I like that we got to see how they found the bracelet. And so many questions happening there. Like, okay, oh, on a blue body. So is this, is this a Cree body? It is was this a blue. Cree? 
you know, <laughs> is it Kali? You know, <laughs> like what is how happening? fresh is this hand? <laughs> <laughs> there are just so many possibilities. And then it also opened up kind of like the parallel for Loki. He grew up being afraid of these blue creatures that are of nightmares. And then he finds out he's one of them. And she was, she grew up afraid of the gin and she finds out that she's one of them, you know? <laughs> that might be my favorite moment in the whole, the whole thing. Cause we, and we get that like beautiful moment of foreshadowing where her brother tosses her a stuffed animal and is like, are you so scared of the gin? And she's like, nah, nah. Um, you know, she's I, I love that. <laughs> My favorite bit, and I know, I know, because it's a silly joke, but we all know how I like a wordplay joke, was when she went, I'm a gin, and Bruno went, I'm tonic? (laughs) I'm so annoyed at myself for laughing, but it's the kind of wordplay that I very much enjoy. Right, because you hear it. He's not seeing it written, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad, for some reason, you mentioning that, that gin and tonic moment makes me think of, so when Bruno's working the late shift, at the bodega and dad comes in to buy this fruit pie and he's like oh hey what are you reading about bruno let me just take that and read it to you (laughs) (laughs) i'm like okay are you in on this do you know something are you just being cheeky i really i can't wait to see i really think he he knows more than he's letting on that was such a mysterious and beautiful and just like vexing moment for me because I was like okay what what is the deal here yeah because I think the show's too smart to have go we need we need exposition let's do the exposition thing um and well I mean it feels like it is to me maybe it'll turn out it's not and this was just a scene to try and move it all along it's probably what it is um so yeah I and once again you are learning about my culture because you're in love with my daughter and everybody sees it except me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's probably that isn't it I think it's more that he's just sort of brune he's like yeah you, I know what's going on here oh and it's an Urdu I can speak Urdu maybe I'll translate it for you because you like my daughter and I like you <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did like that scene as well I just thought it was really sweet and I you know I love any scene with her dad in it I think he's her, I think he's also fantastic and he brings a real lightness to everything that he's, yes. he's in, which is just really without amazing. being simple. Like he's not yeah. stupid. He's just kind and sweet and mm. wonderful. Mm. But yeah, I loved it. I loved the history, both in terms of of actual history, you know, and talking about how the British had, have raided mm-hmm. all these wonderful historical sites and where precious things are twice i loved it they were like twice yeah was it just stolen by the british like that's just the thing i mean that is unfortunately what we british do you still have to go uh but i think you'll find we want it in our museum Uh, (laughs) such wankers um (laughs) and uh uh, so I loved I loved that it keeps on touching on that history that it's not letting that go because I think that's really important. But then without colonizing though, it's just exactly. saying this happened. This happened. Yeah. We have to be aware that it happened, and we have to acknowledge that it happened. And and then also the history of the family. I just think it's you know, and I love that tie in from the beginning when we see we see her great grandmother, Aisha, Aisha, um, and then at the end we get her grandmother I'm trying to remember all the generations I'm terrible at that sort of thing ringing her and saying you've got to come here the train we've all seen it get your mum here you know there's that through line of the women in the family constantly you know they're always prioritized they're connected it's the women in the family who are connected to this nor power you know nobody's saying anything about her brother being connected to it right um and I just love the building on that that it's this golden thread between between the uh, not between along the along the oh my god I'm so tired the what are women called along the female line what are women called oh, the I'm not even gonna edit thread. this eight. yeah thank you I'm not even gonna edit it out I'm just gonna keep it in <laughs> maybe you should mention for all of your fans that you've had three hours sleep and you know yeah. she's actually doing amazing right now <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I've had three hours sleep and it's now nearly 9 p.m my time so I don't know what's going on quite frankly <laughs> and I don't drink <laughs> coffee so I don't know why I'm still awake 
I do want to get back to tie-in something that Sorry, you yes. we haven't even talked about how they find this bracelet <laughs> in like this the ruins that have the 10 rings at the <laughs> like hello tie-ins I wanted more I wanted more there it's like oh is it and I forgot to go back and and like pause and and just review because I watched it late last night and I totally spaced it until right now that I wanted to go back and look at that stuff yeah that's what I did I went on second watch I went I remember it I want to make sure I pause it and pause it and it's 10 my life's cool <laughs> that's what I did I rewatched <laughs> it and paused it and counted the rings <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get more of that I hope we do mm. I wonder if we've already had it and we've just not noticed it I know that there was that end scene. Was it an end scene or was it? I don't remember if it was actually in the movie or an end scene for Shang-Chi, but there was that moment where they had Cap- Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner and they, they were talking about something. And then like, I, I need to go back and see these things. I have these percolating memories that I need to review. And I sh- probably should have done that before today, but I apologize. <laughs> fun chat we don't, yes. we don't have to be experts and that's what I'm enjoying about this yeah, show I'm no like, expert on any of those. I read the initial run and I've reread it although not finished it for this show and the show is diverting from it no spoilers Tonya but I like that I'm along for the journey whereas for other things where I'm deeply invested you know Spider-Man for example I've always been a huge Spider-Man fan I'm like oh are they going to hit this beat with Gwen Stacy with with MJ mm-hmm. or Green Girl, you know, and I find myself I do it less now that I'm older because I don't care. I just want to enjoy stories, you know. But I find myself like, oh, they didn't do that. And for this show, I'm not doing. That. I'm just enjoying it for what it is. Even though, like, I very recently have read reread the comics. I'm just like, I like what they're doing. I like that they're diverging. I don't think every story has to be exactly as it is on the page. They're different mediums, and and I'm going along for the ride with this so I'm trying to not spot too many things and ruin it for myself and make too many connections because I just want to be there and experience it because I think it's just such a wonderful uplifting show and it's not just adapting what's on the page they also have to make it fit within this extensive Mm -hmm. cinematic universe that they've created with all of these other movies and characters so they have a huge undertaking I'm I'm not as you know, I'm not familiar at all with her backstory other than what we've discussed in these shows, but I am okay with them taking some liberties to make it all fit and make sense. I was about to say, how's it working for you in terms of not having too much knowledge of the source material? Um, I, I love it. I don't, I, I like that I am such a, a novice, even with the sort of briefing on the history of the character um, like I got the Carol Danvers joke and I, the 10 rings resonated. Um, but beyond that, I'm very immersed in the story and not, I'm not at all like looking for connections or looking for more outside of what's happening in this like encapsulated universe of mm. episode, episodic storytelling. Um, I'm invested in the characters. I mean, I want to see what happens to them. I want to see how the story plays out and I don't have um I don't I don't know how like the story ends or I don't have I don't really have a frame of reference for for like what it's supposed to be um which I'm really enjoying I I think initially I was like oh I have to do a lot of research and come up to speed on it and you were very kind and like no we're just gonna chat about it so I fully gave myself permission to just be a total novice and come to the show with a deep enjoyment of young adult television and superheroes and very satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) I want to touch on what you said. You said about how it's episodic. How is that working for you? Because you've binged three episodes. Is it just being sort of a bit of a fun, wild ride? Because I'm, I'm desperate for the next episode. I wish I'd kind of been able to binge. The fir- I'm really glad that I didn't wait a week in between the first two because I would have been very upset. I'm like very <laughs> like maybe upset. As- no, I would have been upset. I would have been like on edge waiting for the next one to come out. 
um, because I just thought there was such a good, uh, there's just such chemistry between them. They were so cohesive and there's just so much story packed into those two episodes. Um, last night, watching the, the third episode last night, I ended it feeling like, okay, let's get on with it. I want to see what happens next. But I'm also, it didn't have the like momentum that the first two had. Like I woke up on Wednesday and I was like, okay, what time today is the new episode dropping? Because I have to, I, I have to see this as soon as possible. Um, at this point, I'm like, okay, I'll watch it next week. I know they're probably going to get on a train and go to, they're probably going to go to India. I mean, you just reminded me of something, the way that she so easily just, you know, took off her mask and starts talking to Cameron and his mother, but she still can't tell her own mother. Mm. Right. Like Mm. she didn't even think about it. There was no hesitation. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm revealing myself to this guy I just met and a stranger. It's so dumb. Yeah. (laughs) But she can't tell her mother. She's going to have to going on the on the train right go you know and I really I do really hope they do something with that and make it that her family is involved her mum's involved so I think it's such a shame if they don't yeah and she's just letting her deal with it in her own time rather than forcing it upon them well she Mm. definitely knows something as well doesn't she because we know from the first episode about the bank we know that she says yeah she knows (laughs) that she says we don't talk about your great-grandmother how did you hear that name so she so she must have the train she must have had the train vision as well Mm -hmm. Mm. something else that occurred to me during this chat you know how you were saying ada that you think that um cameron's mom i don't know his, his mother's name but that she she does want that bangle I had that thought at first too, but then it, it occurred to me, maybe it's more like, I don't know if you saw X-Men where they had a uh, rogue strapped to the, um, mm. what was it? The, it's like electricity the, pole or something. And so, I said electricity pole and it was the Statue uh-huh. of Liberty. I'm so sorry to all the Americans <laughs> who love the Statue thing. of Liberty. Really <laughs> well, I was... I kept thinking Empire State Building, but I knew it was not that. I'm like, don't say that. It's not that. It's, it's something else in but New it's York. Not, uh, lo- but it's my, not the, the whole point with that is that she's going to die mm-hmm. to accomplish this goal. Maybe they don't want the bangle because they know that the amount of power that is needed to get them back home will kill the user. And that's why they don't want it. They need her to be the one to do it. Uh-huh. Which we get some foreshadowing when, when it's like, this could be dangerous. Yeah, um, it will be dangerous. And the way they don't care. Yeah, and, and we see that they're willing to sacrifice her anyway because they they do the nicely, nicely approach and when that doesn't work, like, fuck it. We're just going to kidnap you, force you to do it. How do you feel right. about that group as, as villains? We've talked about the fight scene and how ineffective they seem to be against a 17, 16, 17-year-old girl who's got very little training but apart from that how do you feel about that group as a whole do you think they're good villains in the story too soon to tell underdeveloped it's like we just got to see most of them at the beginning it's not like we felt betrayed i told you last week i didn't trust her they do a nice thing when she first meets them in terms of they're like a family don't they which is obviously a contrast to her that doesn't make them good no, no, but I'm, so, you know, of course there can be evil families and good families and families in between. But I think, you know, they're trying to show that they, that as the group of villains, they're a team, they're a family, they've been through something together. Are they more stronger as a group than Kamala is? Because she's separate from her family. She's not bringing her family into, into her power and what she's doing. I don't know if they're making a very good case for themselves so far in that way because they all just got arrested. <laughs> right. And what's going to happen like, there? Like, were, don't you think they were taken down a little too easily? Mm-hmm. But I was this so, I did not buy that at all. No? These are like, I, and I mean, I get that it's like a special task force team or whatever, but it was really effortless. It, it they like just they walked in, shot up. once, no fight. Okay, we have everyone. Okay. 
I feel really suspicious about it. They're really not that special, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's either bad writing or good writing because I'm really suspicious about it. I'm like, there's no way. Right. If they're infiltrating, great. But if this this has like, that bad taste of you know Loki being taken down by Iron Man, where come on. Only your ego, Tony, would think that you actually won that fight. (laughs) Man against demigod. Nope. Right. Um, One thing you totally beat him. He's here because you overpowered him. Good job, bro. Couldn't do it by himself. (laughs) He needed you. It could only be you. One one little thing that I really liked and has been in my head since watching it yesterday and I keep thinking about it is when she opens the gift from Bruno and it's the mask and that little smile yeah. on her face. I just that just makes me feel so happy inside. He <laughs> has the best little joke. smile, just that yeah. little quirky grin. Just it's like it's not something she can control. So is she just this character so much, or is she a brilliant actress? I don't care. I'm enjoying watching her. I feel the same way. Yeah, she's just, I just, I mean, I know that she, after this, uh, so I know that Iman Villani after this is obviously, well, uh, she may be doing some other things within the MCU. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, what, Tonya? I apologise. I nearly, <laughs> nearly that's a spoiler klaxon. But I just, I really hope that she does more than just this because I just think she's so special and I know part of that what we've talked about in previous episodes seems to be because she's a huge fan of of the Marvel universe anyway but I also just think she's just such a wonderful actress who's just bringing such spark and joy to this show and to the role that I just hope there's more out there for her that she's not just going to be this and then nothing else right yeah I agree with that completely and you know you just triggered another thought the character is a huge fan of the Avengers and the heroes isn't that a way that white men could relate to her Mm. (laughs) nice Tanya nice I mean, I feel like we're close to wrapping up with that. That was a lovely, yeah, a lovely point. yeah I liked that. <laughs> what I think would you do if you found out you had superpowers? I don't think that has to do with gender, race, religion, or age, okay? <laughs> you could be your own superhero. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. The only thing left is Brown Joby. <laughs> Oh my oh god. My god. Oh we need to talk some more about the wedding before we before we they go into our predictions. Like they have to be a real band. They can't no one could have made that up. That has gonna, to be real. I'm gonna look they it up. Before they are now. <laughs> that was so believable that that was a thing. <laughs> and they keep bringing Bon Jovi into this because they're from New Jersey. <laughs> Such a nice touch. You have to wonder though, does Bruce Springsteen feel slighted? I hope Bruce Springsteen is a fan. And if he's not, he better, he better. He better show up and say, what's all this Bon Jovi stuff? You know? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a nice cameo in the last episode. <gasps> Ooh, that'd be good. Sorry, I'm so busy Googling if Brown Jovi's real. <laughs> that I've completely lost the thread of the conversation. I don't think they are. And that makes me really sad. I'll start Give it six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a bigger fan of them than I am Bon Jovi. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't even get to play, did they? they? I thought that was what everyone was dancing to. Oh, yeah, actually, maybe they did, yeah. They they didn't get to play any Bon Jovi songs, but they did play one in the episode. They did, that's true. Um, Is there anything else about the wedding? Because I I could just watch everything do the wedding over and over again. Um, it was just lovely and seeing the, the triple vows like are you sure you have to say it three times the power of three and I thought that was just very touching that was my favorite part too I didn't know I I didn't know that was a facet of I, I didn't know it was going to happen and it took me by surprise and I rewound it and watched it again because I was so delighted <laughs> and like tearing up a little bit um 
and I think there's something the wedding for me really brought out this like just delightful ensemble chemistry between these characters that I hadn't and especially um like the brother sister and the brother and his wife and the like the family unit chemistry um was just bubbling in a way in this this wedding in this episode that it hadn't yet for me and I I'm delighted by it you could feel the energy and the love and Mm. I'm thinking how fun would that have been to shoot Mm. (sighs) you know that they are just all really enjoying themselves it it just felt authentically loving and amazing even if it wasn't a real wedding they were still just celebrating and celebrating love and celebrating their culture it was just wonderful and I, one thing I really loved is that, you know, obviously she's black and you see her parents there and they don't seem to be Muslim, but it's not a conflict. I think right. in less, I think in less strong hands, we would have some sort of back, back scene conflict that their daughter is, has potentially converted at some point um, and is now part of, you know, is now Muslim and is marrying into a Muslim family. And we don't see that, but they just, I seem so joyful. You know, I thought, I was like, are they her real parents? Cause they seem, and I had to remind myself, <laughs> they seem so, they're sat there when they're doing the vows, both of them just like completely lit up at what's happening. Just like, just joyful. And I, and I just love that this show doesn't go into any of those tropes and it's just, it doesn't, there's no conflict where there doesn't need to be in terms of... And they didn't point to it. They didn't feel yeah. the need to use words to explain. See, what's happening here is this. They use the visual. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that reminds me, too, of the like the one moment where Nakia kind of alludes to the conflict of like one of her parents being white and when she put on the head covering. It's like that, too, that that moment I mean she did use words it was a little explainy but it was such like a non-issue it was like oh yeah my parents I think I'm an alien because I started bleeding and put on this head covering like no big deal it's just a teenage thing (laughs) um I thought that that was also a a lovely love well handled and lovely moment yeah it was a good moment between Mm -hmm. them and for the show I I think I mentioned last week there's someone in my life who's struggling with the fact that that she she's not finding her place as in for some of her relatives she's too white for some of her relatives she's she's too brown um and I, I saw her this week and I said to her oh, have you been watching Ms Marvel there was a scene in it that just immediately made me think of you and she said she was like oh, I'm not really into sort of the superhero stuff um she's she's 17 um and so I then I explained to her and she went, I'm going to go and watch this show. And I just thought, just, I mean, whether she does or not, it doesn't matter. All, she, all that matters right. is that she knows there's a show that's representing a struggle that she's going through as a 17-year-old. Exactly. I was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> the show's so fucking amazing. It's doing something. It's doing something important. Right. And it doesn't rely on superpowers to tell the story or to be the only part of the story. There's family dynamics, friendships, trust issues, history. Mm. It's so rich with material. And that's why, you know, we, we are holding it to a higher standard than maybe some of the other things. Because yeah. they've shown that they can do so much. They can do so much. So get these little storytelling issues right. They better redeem those parents. And that's true. I think I am holding it to a higher standard. You know, Moon Knight, I just sort of went along with it. On reflection, i God, some people aren't gonna like this. I don't think Moon Knight was very good. I thought it was pretty average. I've not watched Hawkeye because I don't really care, even though I know I should because of what happens to certain character and everybody's like, you'll love that bit. You know, I don't think uh, Winter Soldier, whatever that was called, I can't even remember what it's called. Falcon and Winter Soldier. That Falcon Winter Soldier, thank you, was particularly that great. For me, it's been One Division and Loki. And I, for me personally, this show's blown both of those completely out of the water. Um, and so I do think I am probably holding it to a higher standard. So I'm watching this third episode going, oh, it's not as good as the other two. Um, and actually, so Dave in our Discord, the podfather Dave, said mm-hmm. he was like, no, this episode's 
amazing he was like it's great I love what it's doing with the story and and I feel like I need to be more that more like that I just need to be like this show is amazing you know why <laughs> am I why am I getting annoyed about these things when I think even that fight scene was better than half of the stuff in Falcon and Winter Soldier hmm. that I watched see I don't necessarily agree with that but you do make an interesting point in how much you're enjoying this show in comparison with those and of all of the shows in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which one has a character that could relate to most people who don't have powers and are just living a regular life? Mm. All the other ones have magic from the start or altered realities or alien beings. or They start off as superpowered characters, people who have been through the Infinity War saga, like this just starts with a regular person in her regular family. It should Going appeal to everyone. Family. Right. It should appeal to everyone because we've all had this situation. Right. That's let's so start. True. Let's start. Let's start wrapping up. I think we've probably covered predictions, but has anybody got any predictions for the next couple of episodes they would like to share? It just looks like we're going to Pakistan. I hope that they <laughs> it makes sense for how she gets her mother to go there. Yeah, I'm so curious yes. how mom. Uh, I'm I'm kind of expecting mom in the next to like wake up in the next episode and be like, "Okay, kid, I'm done playing your game. I saw the train too. I know what's up. Pack your bags." <laughs> um, I, I wonder if Bruno that. is going to go with them. I'm curious to see what happens when he goes to Caltech. I still think he's either going to die or become a villain. I think that's my prediction. I like that. Let's see where that goes. I d- I don't think I have any normally I try and spoil things for myself and have loads of predictions but I I'm just really interested to see how she gets her mum there <laughs> I'm so interested that I want there to be I want it to open and they just be on the train and her mum just be like fine how am I here this is what we're doing fine we're going to go and see your grandmother just being like really grumpy about it <laughs> I don't think it'll make good tv but in my head just like her mum with that disapproving look that she does I'd really enjoy it. Yeah, she has a she gives great face, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> I love her mom. That's why I'm so mad that they ruined her character in this one. It's like, come on. She was on top of everything. And she's just like, oh, I hope everything's okay. Do you have any predictions, Tonya? I don't think that Bruno's going to become a villain this and definitely not this season. I just don't think there's time. I think they've done too much with him in a good way that I haven't seen the foreshadowing going in that direction for this season, at least. Will there be another season? I have no idea. I avoid spoilers. (laughs) I'll message you later. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like yes. Uh, Not not necessarily a season, but maybe something else. Um, Any any ideas? Keep giving it away. Uh, any thoughts on what's going to happen with Nakia and Kamala's relationship which is the one I'm most invested in to be honest they better stay friends <sighs> I think they will but I I hope that they have it out like I hope she tells her how she feels and pretty much says you don't have to be in this alone you're choosing this you are choosing to cut your family out of this we're here for you yeah definitely the best friend fight Yes, they're my favourites. We we talked about this when we talked about Saga that, you know, like on Buffy, Buffy and Willow are the real relationship in that. What are your kids' names? Oh, yeah, my my, I've got two cats. I've just adopted two kittens that are called Buffy and Willow. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. To go with our bearded dragon that's called Giles. (laughs) That's perfect. And Giles has the most disapproving looks. It's fantastic. Give him a little pair of spectacles. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I hope that. Um, I was about to say, I hope that Buffy and Willow. I hope that. Um, oh Christ, Kamala <laughs> and Nakia are the romance. You know, are the are, are the are the relationship in this show. I think we all know what that sentence meant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Right. Let's wrap it up. I can't. Agreed. I need to go to bed. <laughs> Right. So, you know, where can people find out more about you and support your work? You can find me on Twitter at AA underscore McCartney. Um, I also have a website that 
I might update this year. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend you do so. When I was <laughs> you out, I was like, she hasn't posted in a while. <laughs> no, it's it needs to happen. This is um, this month is some website updating and some. I have an online store to put together. Look well, now you sit in a public venue, so you have to follow through. Indeed. Thanks for thanks for this accountability. <laughs> say it out loud here <laughs> and I think well I've already pitched it to Tony I don't know if I've spoken to you about it or if Tony's spoken to you about it. we I think we're going to continue doing Saga for Indie Comics Spotlight because it was it, I mean because it's just such an amazing book and our discussion was also just so awesome um I've clearly lost my word so I'm going to go next Tonya and then you can close okay. it out because I don't know what is going on so you can find me <laughs> Twitter at Ria Carrigan or at Femme on Film. Listen to me on Comics in Light Motion. And I am across social media at Ms. Tanya Todd. My website is MsTanyaTodd.com and you can check me out on IMDb. Beautiful. That's how the professionals do it. All right. Thank you everyone for joining us. We hope to hear from you next week. Until then, stay cosmic. Stay cosmic. Thanks for having me. <laughs>